following program is a proud member of the Palava family of podcasts. Check out all the shows over at palava.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-I.com. Welcome to GleeCast, the somewhat occasionally weekly home of Glee and casting. Here are your hosts, Emily and Erica. Hey, Erica. Hey, Emily. Do you have the beat? I do have the beat. That's a good thing. You can't stop the beat. Or the motion in the ocean. But you know what you can do? Um, I could do anything you can do better. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking that far. Ahead, but yeah. <laughs> and you could also kill off characters that um, when you decide the actors aren't going to come back. Because Sam is dead, right? He's not. His dad didn't really get a new job. He's just dead. Mercedes' new boyfriend had him killed. Or ate him. Quite possibly could have I, eaten him. I think he ate him plus the two little siblings who had awful, awful acting skills. And maybe Sam's uh, parents, who we never met, because they were eaten by Mercedes' new boyfriend. <laughs> All right, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Who we are, are indeed. Okay, who are we? I'm Erica. I'm Emily. And this is... Playcast! Season, season three! three. We are getting old. Oh, man, we are. My goodness, it's like we're seniors in high school or something. Or, quite possibly, I might be a junior. You're right. You might be a junior. Maybe I'm the senior. Perhaps. It, it will depend on, on how the plot will unfold for other characters who, whom of whom grade we still have not learned. But again, we'll get there. Uh, before we delve into the episode, this is obviously the season premiere of Glee, season three. Uh, I'm going to rhyme that every week, baby. Glee, season three. Three? Yes, indeed. Um, any starting news uh, sort of to kind of house clean before we get into the actual episode? Uh, the Emmys were this week. Did you watch them? I didn't. I, believe it or not, was watching football. <laughs> well. No, actually, I wasn't. I watched football during the day, but then it was it was Mike's birthday. It was my boyfriend's okay, birthday. Okay, Shannon Beast. Um, so then at the, at night we actually, um, we went to go see Drive. You had a very, you had a very man-filled Sunday, huh? I did. Except yeah. Drive wasn't like man, I don't know, I'm, I'm, we, we should talk about that movie later. Have you seen yeah, it? Yet? I have, I have not, but I've heard amazing things about it. I know, and I don't, I don't understand it, but. That's interesting. Now, I, I we'll discuss it tomorrow. Um, uh, so I didn't watch the Emmys, but Jane, it. Jane Lynch hosted. Tell me about the Emmys. She did. Um, Emmy, I for- told me about the Emmys. A- Emmy, we'll tell you about the Emmys. Um, I watched them. I forgot about them until like halfway through. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, the Emmys are on. Um, and I was probably drunk by then. So it's actually probably what I said uh, to my cats. And so I put them on. Um, you know, the third problem with the Emmys, it's a problem I have every year where they just, it's the same people voting on the same shows. So, you know, you just. As a result, there's nothing fresh or surprising about them, and people who really should win didn't win, but whatever. Um, I was very sad for Steve Carell for having lost because he looked really sad when he didn't win. Oh. It was, like, the most earnest, like, smiling through tears cl- uh, concession clap I've seen when he did not win, and it was sad. Uh, but Jane Lynch was fantastic. Um, I didn't see her intro, so I, I'm sure I missed something special. Some of the bits didn't work. There was a Jersey Shore skit that I thought went on too long. It was awful because Jersey Shore is awful. But she had some great lines. I thought she kept things moving. She was funny. She had my favorite line of the night, which was um, 
ladies and gentlemen, the reason I'm a lesbian, the cast of Entourage. Because <laughs> I hate Entourage. Um, so Glee won nothing, I don't think. Although Gwyneth Paltrow, I think, won for guest star, which I think that was the reason she was on the show, was it's her bid for an EGOT. She's halfway there. I expect she'll be fully there soon at some point in time. Um, but the shows, I don't know. The They were okay. Jen Lynch was very fun. She was made it worth actually worth watching to an extent. Um, and everybody was dressed up pretty. Except for Diana Argon looked horrible, I thought. Really? I feel yeah. like I saw what she was wearing. Her. I'm, of course, I'm looking looking it up. Oh, yeah. If you go on E, you can see all of them. Um, not everybody was there, but most of the girls were. Um, Rachel looked I looked nice. I liked her little red dress. It was a cute dress. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's her Carolina Herrera dress, Diana of Aragon. I don't mind it. It's just it, the blue doesn't do anything for her. And she's so pretty, I think. I don't think that's blue. I think that's gray. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it, this is. Maybe the problem oh, lies. No, 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 no. Me. You know what? This is last year's Emmys. Let me try uh, again. Yes, yes, yes. No, it's like this like electric blue. That's just. the like, You look at the blue before you look at her. And I think she has a very, very pretty face in that like. She can go more simple, and then you would look at her face, and the dress would just complement that. Mm. But um, I think it's just a high neckline. That's possible too. Uh, Brittany had a very fancy thing that looked lovely on her. Yes, she wore well. Revealing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but yeah, those are the Emmys. There's something else I want to talk about. I see that. What is that? Oh, oh, oh. Um, um, um. It's really exciting. Okay, so Sesame Street in the past couple of years has done a fucking amazing parodies of TV shows, including Law and Order Special Letters Unit, which to me is still one of the greatest four minutes of television of all time. Uh, this time they did a Glee parody. Woohoo! Have, you haven't seen it yet, have you? No, I saw that you posted it on Facebook. Okay. I didn't get a chance to watch it though. Yeah, um, thanks to Helene because she posted it on the Palaver forum. So if you go to Palaver, P A L A V R dot com, um, go to our forums, Gleecast, and Helene posted the video. It's on my Facebook. It is Sesame Street doing Glee, and it is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm excited to watch it. There, there's a little Leia Michelle Muppet who's got who's got the bangs. Um, there is a Sue Muppet who wears a tracksuit. There is Will Gooster because the whole thing is like the letter G. Um, so it's Don't Stop Be Gian. Uh, and, and then it's like, they're feuding with the Cheerios about do you pronounce G's G or J? Anyway, but Will Gooster... Will Gooster get it? Uh, yes. Has like a little pompadour, and he's got a butt chin. <laughs> and there is totally um, Kurt as a Muppet, and it's just the gayest Muppet you've ever seen. Uh, it's it's absolutely wonderful, and they're they're getting really excited because they're going to G Genals. Oh, ah, ah, yeah. Um, everybody in the world should. I don't care if you're holding a baby, drop the baby and go on YouTube and watch this video. On that note. <laughs> would you like to give us our glee cap? I would. Okay. Um, I don't know the name of this episode. Do you? Oh, the Purple Piano Project. Okay, then. Purple Piano <laughs> Project. Here we go. We've got to say goodbye to the summer as senior year jazz squares its way into McKinley High, at least for Rachel, Finn, Kurt, Santana, and Mike Chang. 
Finn ponders something existential, but then gets forgotten for the rest of the show, while Rachel and Kurt join forces to terrify fellow high school talent who may also audition for performing arts colleges in New York City. Unfortunately for our most adorable platonic twosome, their soon-to-be maybe hopeful rivals are spectacular, perhaps because they're led by the should-have-been Glee Project official winner, Lindsay. The pair vow to recover, Rachel by championing West Side Story as a school musical, and Kirk by announcing his plans to run for class president. On tap to be the most stylish first lady since Jackie O is Blaine Warbler, now an ex-Warbler, who transfers and dazzles. Shockingly enough, even the sight of a bow-tied Darren Chris channeling Tom Jones isn't enough to lure more members to new directions. A shame, since we're once again, for the 800th time in two years, stuck with the problem of reaching 12 to compete. Quinn, <coughs> excuse me, um, has been smoking, as apparently I have. Quinn has dropped out to join the self-proclaimed skanks, while Sam has <laughs> moved and Lauren left to stay cool. Despite the brilliant Purple Piano Project, where New Directions are forced to perform anytime, anywhere, Purple, or let's face it, Pink Piano is stationed, no new talent is yet to be found, probably until the next Lee Project winner guest stars. They also lose a body when Santana, newly reunited with the Cheerios, and dueling for co-captain with Becky, plans for both teams and in plays for both teams and invokes the ire of a ban-happy Will, who is a little frustrated because while he's sleeping with Emma, he's not actually sleeping with Emma. And now also has to deal with Sue's new official war on the arts, a.k.a. her platform for Congress. Exposition was had. Will and Sue got mad. No talk of Kurt's dad, but boy, am I glad that's what you missed on. So let's dive what in. What, okay. Right in, not what in. What do you, I, I don't know what to think of Quinn. Um, neither do the writers, as they never have. Right? I don't. I don't. I mean, I, I know Wayne would back us up on this. Yeah. The, they they started Quinn off as a pretty good character, as the cheerleader bitch she's who gets great pregnant. Season one. Season one, she's a really interesting person. Like, you know, yes, she starts off as the bitch, but she gets to go places, and it's really interesting. Season two came, and they just didn't know what to do with that. And, I mean, Ryan Murphy has talked before about, like, when he had Sam and Quinn together and how he just didn't know how to write for them because they were too perfect and too pretty and bleh. But now they're just like, how about we make Quinn goth? I, it's not even goth. It's just, like, oh. obnoxious. Because right, it's, it's like, oh, yeah, I, I'm the girl that hangs out smoking underneath the bleachers with my Ryan Seacrest tattoo. Yeah, her ironic Ryan Seacrest tattoo. Um, I feel like if maybe if they had taken this step with her character last season, it would have right. been a little For more. End of season, something. No, I mean just in the beginning of last season when okay, she's, sure. she's, you know, she's coming off yeah, she pregnancy. Would be off of, she's yeah, giving upset. up a big exception. Maybe if she had had this character arc last season, it would. I don't know. Maybe we should just forget last season happened. Maybe that's what they're trying to make. Yeah, they do. might be. I mean, I think based on the previews for next week, it looks like I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of next episode. Her hair is back to being blonde, and she's wearing, you know, demure lipstick again. Which is just obnoxious. It is, but it seems like, okay, they want to bring Shelby back. They want to, you know, get Adina in again. Well, we can't have Adina without acknowledging the fact that she adopted Quinn's baby. Right. You know, and it almost feels like they kind of looked at this episode. They looked at the characters, looked at where they wanted them to go. We're like, you know what? We can start Quinn somewhere so that we bring her somewhere else next week. And I think that's what they kind of did. I just, I didn't even know what to think of it. I, was... I know. Do, do we ever, though? I mean, yeah, I, I think as Wayne often says, Deanna of Aragon just baffles the Glee team. And they, more than any character, maybe other than Mercedes, as probably Ashley would say, they just have no fucking clue what to do with her. Seriously. 
Yeah. Um, you punctuated that by hitting your keyboard. I did because I wanted to look up because I realized I totally didn't check who wrote and directed this episode. Uh, I it, think was, it was it was Eric Stoltz. Right? It was Eric Stoltz. Yeah, I Yay. saw that. Um, um, and directed, oh, written by. Oh, it's funny. They have um, I didn't. It official writing credit looks like it was Matthew Hodgson, who must be. It's funny. They now. It used to always be like it was one of the three. Now you have Matthew Hodgson, staff writer. Then they have Ryan Murphy, Brad Shockey, Ian Brennan. And then at the bottom, again, this is on IMDb, they have Brad Falchuk as a writer. So I'm guessing it was – I didn't check them opening credits, but I'm guessing it was Matthew Hodgson and Brad Falchuk. Okay, Matthew then. Hodgson, who was also written um, the – oh, no, he was Ryan Murphy's assistant on Eat, Pray, Love. That must have been fun. Of course he was. Right? Um Moving right along. Moving along. Um, do you want to talk about the Purple Piano Project? Okay. Um, I don't necessarily it, think it was a bad idea on Will's part. It was a, you know, very earnest idea, but um, it was, I don't know. I think at this point, the Glee Club should be a little more aware that it, it's not so easy to lure kids to Glee and a giant purple piano is probably not it. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, but the kids were kind of aware of that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I don't know. I mean, they had one kid show up. Unfortunately, she didn't sing very well. What do you now? I have a feeling she's not gone. I'm pretty sure. Mm, she's I don't think so. Back. You you think she's gone? No, no. I'm saying I think I think she'll be back. Yeah. What did you think of her? I thought she had such a stupid name. Sugar as soon Mata. as they said her name is Sugar Mata, I just wanted to kill her. But I thought the actress was kind of funny. I, she I guess cute. she's done other things. She's done like American Dreams. And I think she apparently can really sing. Um, but I, yeah, I thought, and I know people had problems with the Asperger's thing. The way like it's kind of used as a joke. But I thought it was funny because I really thought it was somebody just being like, yeah, I have as like making it you kind of that like the, like, the whole joke of like she probably doesn't really have it, but thinks she has it or somebody told her she might right. have it. Now like she's with it. she web MD'd herself. Right, exactly. So now she can just exploit all the symptoms of it because, you know, she could say she has it. And I feel like that could be really funny. Yeah. I I I kind of liked her. She was on Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, what? wait, how old is she? I don't know. Wait, she would have to up. be... She was born in 85. Okay. She's Canadian, eh? Oh, they don't age. Yeah, they don't age up there. Yeah. Okay. Um... Yeah, she was, uh, she was on from 1999 to 2000, so she was young. She was 14, 15, yeah. Okay. 15, 15. Um, I, like, I liked her, though. I liked the address. She, uh, the address. The, I can't talk tonight. The actress. It was just using different words to mean other yeah, words. It, everybody knows what I mean. It's fine. <laughs> um, even though she was a little annoying, I kind of... Like, I found her annoying the first time, but the second time I watched it, I, I was kind of like, eh, I kind of like her. Like, I, I think she could be a good enemy for the Glee mm-hmm. Club. Yes. Someone besides Sue. Yeah. I feel like she fit into the Glee universe very well. Yeah. Like, like unlike I, someone I, like Sunshine Corazon last year, who, you know, I mean, the actress had an amazing singing voice. You never really got the feeling that she could have been a regular character because she was too nice and she wasn't that overly interesting. Whereas I think, um, and I think that, you know, that's what kind of worked about Lauren's Vices once they decided to drop the fat jokes. Yeah. Was that like, you know, she was just very sour and everything else. And they were able to work that in. So it's almost like you need to 
be so over the top to work, I think, in which, I mean, if, even if you think of um, Matt Rutherford, you know, if I, it took me a minute to remember his name <laughs> and it's just, he was just boring and he was boring. And that's probably why he wasn't asked back for season two. Cordover Street, you could even probably say the same thing. Like, yeah. I mean, I liked him last season. I think he had some really good moments, but he wasn't the big personality that, you know, was really going to be that memorable. And I think that, that that says something. Yeah. The big personality that everyone else except for Finn is. Yeah, very true. But Finn's a tall white guy, so he's okay yeah. to stay. Um, so the Purple Piano Project kind of leads to Sue's run for con- Congress and her yep. crusade against the arts, which is so not something anyone would ever do. I mean, I kind of really <laughs> like this storyline because I think, depending on how they follow it, I, the biggest like benefit of Glee that you can say when you're genuinely defending it to someone who just says it's an awful show is that you can really say, like, you know what, it's doing good for people. Like, the kids are probably joining Glee Club. Kids are, you know, schools are maybe more reluctant to cut their music programs, everything else. And, I mean, they did a lot of those, like, PSAs last year and the year before about keeping the arts alive. So it's something that clearly the show Glee and its creators really care about. So I I like the idea that they can explore that by having a character who's so against it. <laughs> yeah, I'm... I don't know. I'm... Did I make any? I don't think I even made any notes about it because I just, mm-hmm. I, I wanted, I don't know. I, I know it's only the season opener, but <laughs> I just, I think I'm like so disillusioned at this point. Oh, already? I know, because I, I read like one good review and I was like, this is gonna be great, and then it was just okay, and I was like, all right. Okay, I have a feeling. As we continue this conversation, I have a feeling we'll see why I probably like this episode a lot more than you did. Okay. Um, I did really like this episode. Uh, I I didn't overly love it. It was not one that I'm going to consider one of my favorites, but I think for a season opener, and I think I felt the same way about last season opener, which, I mean, look where that went. But I think they started started knowing a lot of the things they had to do, like establish who is a senior, which was the biggest exposition of all time. Oh, do you want to run down that? So our our seniors are Finn, Mike Chang, Rachel, Kurt, Santana, Quinn, and Brittany, which they don't originally, they don't say in the opening, but later when they're talking to Quinn, they're like, it's oh, our, our senior year. Good point. Because I'm like, I don't remember them saying yeah. about Brittany. But yeah, okay. But um, you have a pretty big feeling Brittany will be left be back. Be left back, yeah. Yeah. Uh, our juniors are Tina and Artie, and our question marks are Mercedes and Puck. Cause and they Blaine, didn't... right? Well, I'm going to assume that Blaine is a senior like Curtis. I don't know. I don't think they would take Kurt off and leave Blaine behind. I don't think they ever made any men because Kurt in the conversation Kurt and Blaine have, they very specifically say, Kurt says, you know, I don't want to spend my, my last year here away from you or something. So I don't know. It kind of seemed like it was left in the air for Blaine too. All right. I guess. Now, listeners, tell us what you think, unless it's answered next week, who knows? But, um, and plus, don't you think he would have gone with them to the mixer if he was also a senior? I guess, but I don't, we don't, does Blaine want that? I don't know that Blaine wants to perform. I think he enjoys performing, but I don't necessarily get, I don't get that sense of ambition that, that Rachel and Kurt have off of Blaine. Okay. Interesting. I think he, I think he enjoys it more than they, than they do. Okay. I can see that. Um, So speaking of, 
Yes. Kurt and Rachel, after learning through Emma, which I could have told them, that Juilliard does not have a musical theater program. Yes. Um, apparently, they don't think to look at, like, NYU or any other schools around there. But uh, now they go to the mixer of sorts, whatever that was, um, and realize there are some other pretty damn talented people out there. Some other gays and Jews. <laughs> there are other Gavrushes. <laughs> And Barbara's just waiting in the wings. Yes, there are. Um, I really, I, I think it was a little overplayed because, I mean, th- we'll get to that that performance. But, I mean, they've seen, they've been to regionals. Like, they've seen other really good performances. I think it was a little much. But I did really like that conversation that every senior has at some point. Usually you realize it when you're a freshman in college. Sometimes you realize it in high school. But at some point you're going to realize I am not as smart or talented as I thought I was yep. or that I am, but there are people that are more than me. Yep. And I thought that was a, like their conversation was really real. I, I think the two of them now have like a really good chemistry. I wonder if Mercedes is jealous because Kurt and her used to be. Yeah. Him, right. Mercedes used to be his hag. Mm-hmm. Is Mercedes a senior? Did they say? They did. She's a question mark. They didn't say he Jacob Ben Israel approaches her in the hallway, but she just talks about her boyfriend. She doesn't talk about. And he says (laughs) her boyfriend ate Jacob Ben Israel. (laughs) I'm just going to keep making fat jokes. Glee, that's what you taught me to do with Lauren's Icy. So I'm just going to do it for the guy. Yeah. Who doesn't have a name? Does he? Um, (laughs) Stop. But here's the thing, though. Okay, now I'm going to get really mad if they don't make any fat jokes because they made so many fat jokes about Lauren that it'll be like the biggest double standard ever. Yeah, but he's a he's a football player. It's okay for him. Oh, that is bogus. She was a wrestler. It should have been okay for her. Oh, no, but she was yeah. a girl. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not saying I believe that, but I'm right. in, the, in the Gleavers. His name is Marcus. Sure it is. And his real name is LaMarcus or <laughs> The Marcus. <laughs> Le Marcus. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, so... Um, so they don't confirm if Mercedes is okay. a... Uh... But yeah, so Kurt and Rachel, then they get on these trajectories where Rachel's going to do West Side Story and Kurt's going to be president. Yes. Um, Both of which I'm sure will end in success, right? Of course. Yeah. Because Mercedes doesn't want that part. Oh, no. no. Well, Mercedes would be a good Anita, actually. Yeah. She feels pretty. Um, Will and Emma. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I feel like I'm interviewing um, you. I mean, you feel like you're what? Interviewing you. Well, that's, well, you know. Tell me okay. how you feel about that. Um, what you can't see is that I'm actually like waving my hair back and forth to kind of, you know, buy myself time. Okay. Um, Will and Emma, on one hand, I like that they've moved past a certain point and we're not stuck in the rut of the will they, won't they, you know. But now it's a will they won't they have a different ill because now it's will that will will put his penis into Emma's vagina or not. But is that any is that any different than the will they won't they we had before? Because during like a virgin, we had that. They're still in the same spot, which was my 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 complaint with last season was no one. No one's moving forward or they're moving forward only to circle back to the same place. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, they they are living together, I guess. They have matching lunchboxes. Um, well, not matching. They've well, yeah. I mean, complimentary. Superman and Wonder Woman. You're right. It should be. No, I guess it would be Superman and Supergirl are cousins. That would be yeah. weird, but Superman. maybe appropriate for the relationship they have, which is platonic. True. Mm. Um, 
Okay, keep going. I was going to say Oh, no, I, yes, I want something to happen there. That's all it comes down to. Yeah, it just, we need to move past that point. Like, that's enough already. Yep, yep. Uh, I just keep thinking of the first season. Like, there was so much, so much more going on. There was so much more yeah. drama from like you, you think of how you felt during the kiss, when they finally kissed. I know, and how and you felt huge. when he blows up at Terry for not, for faking. And, like, yeah. I didn't have that last season, and I want it so bad this no. season. No, I know. I'm with you. I am with you. Um, and we lost Santana. Yeah. Interesting. No, I guess this is there. real kind of, you know, he can't use his penis in the bedroom, so he is using his balls elsewhere. Yes. And, you know, glitter bonding Sue and all that stuff. Now, on one hand, from an educator's point of view, it doesn't not make sense. Like, yes, she just sabotaged your project and the Glee Club, and she's essentially a double agent for both teams. So banning her isn't necessarily morally reprehensible, but, you know, we like Santana. She doesn't hide it either, though. It's weird. Right, because she's like, yeah, that whole thing is just bizarre because they have the lighter fluid and they dump, like you see them, everyone sees mm-hmm. them dump it on the piano. And then how is Quinn involved? How were they, they only planned so far as to dump the lighter yeah. fluid. Good point. We don't know that yet, do we? Was was Quinn involved? I don't think she was involved because I mean, we caught her la- watching the last number and missing the glove right. club. It, it didn't look like she was, but who knows? I don't, I don't know. know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Santana, I'm fine with her at least having storylines. I think her being ousted from Glee Club could, you know, at least be an interesting story one way or another. So, eh, you know, we'll see. Or she could she could be a good Anita. She could. She'd be great. Yeah. I so just, that's the problem um, with doing West Side Story in a white high school is it's going to be really racially insensitive no matter what you do. Yeah. Um, is But is Brittany going to survive in Glee Club without Santana and Quinn? Yeah, I think she would survive in Glee Club better than she would in Cheerios without them. Okay. So, yeah, I think she's okay, because she's friends with everyone else in there. She's friends with Artie. She's friends with Tina, you know? Well, she's so I think she'll be okay. more than friends with Artie, but... Well, um, wherever that is, we don't know. Excuse me, I'm drinking a beer. I <laughs> I like that um, it's you and not me this time. <laughs> I had a long day and there was no nothing, no other refreshing beverages. I was like, I'm gonna have this beer. What what beer is it? Um, it is a Tommy Knocker Tundra Berry. I've never heard of that brand. It's delicious. I met the guys them through nope. my boyfriend's podcast, The Beer Amigos. Check them out, beeramigos.com. Um. And at the Martha Clara, uh, Mar- bleh, Martha Clara. How many of those did you have? I really only had one because they're not readily available, so I can't drink them all, even though there's three left. Um, but it's it's made with three kinds of berries. It's made with blueberries, raspberries, and strawberries, and it's really delicious. Interesting. Tommy Knocker Brewery Tundra yeah, Berry. Really is yes. brought to you by Tommy Knocker Brewery. It is. And it's it's not Tundra Berry, which is what I kept saying. It's Tundra Berry, B-E-A-R-Y. Oh, pun. Yes. Okay, thing. so we can stop okay. talking about beer now. Would you like to talk about music? Okay, let's talk about beer. We can talk about music. Should uh, we take, sure. Should we take a break and then talk about music? We can take a break and then talk about music. Let's do that. We'll be right back. Okay. In a world that has a country called England, three cinephiles 
Battle Weekly against the onslaught of movie releases. They review, dissect, and discuss until each is defeated. Jordan is the host. Ian is the sweary one. And Noel is the grandpa. And together they are the 35mm heroes. Dig it, bitches. Hi, this is Chris. And this is Frank. And we are from the Are You Serious podcast, and we are here with... Han Solo. I'm Captain of the Millennium Falcon. I think that's awesome, but I also think that I could do the same thing. What are you talking about? It's just great to have you here and to be able to talk to you, even with all the stuff I've said. Don't shoot it. So I guess just to let people know, we, we cover movies, video games, and we talk about politics, TV, and um, people who bother us. Basically, we just skewer pop culture in general. I got a bad feeling about this. I think the show is awesome. You should think it's awesome, too. Don't get excited. Frank can get a little full of himself sometimes. I know. The Are You Serious Podcast is available on iTunes and at areyouseriouspodcast.com. We are back. And we're going to talk about music. And one day, Glee is going to start their season premiere with Back to School from these two. One day it's going to happen, I swear. Yes, I'm sure it will. Instead, we started with what song? It actually took a while to get to the first song. I was surprised. But um, we started with We Got the Beat by the Go-Go's. Who doesn't love the Go-Go's? I prefer the Bangles. I really like that line. I it was, was a good line. Yeah. I like that girl. I hope she comes back. <laughs> I like her. The she skanks. I like her. Yes. Um, what do you think if we got the beat? It, it was fine. I Honestly, I, I don't have very much to say about the music this episode, with the exception of one song, which I'm sure you know which one it is. I can guess. Um, it was all very run-of-the-mill for me. There was nothing... Okay absolutely phenomenal that I need to go on and on about and nothing really terrible that I need to go on and on about. You know why? Because it was mostly show tunes. But I, I love You Can't Stop the Beat. I love Hairspray. Mm-hmm. And I, I did enjoy the number that the, that Harmony and Lindsay, mm-hmm. Lindsay slash Harmony did. Um, I love Tom Jones, who doesn't. The only song I, and I love the Go-Go's, the only song I wasn't familiar with it was the, um, was the Barbra Streisand mashup, not mashup, uh, the, duet. The version thingy, yeah. The Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead. Yeah. See, for me, this was one of my more favorite musical episodes in a while, just because it was a lot of songs I really liked. The, the, we, got the we Got the Beat, I thought, was, was cute. It was fun. It was clearly the crowd pleaser, I feel. Like, it was the, we want to start with a big song that gets a whole glee club, and everybody knows it, and everybody's going to dance. And I didn't think it was anything revolutionary, no. but it was fun. I'll have to say about that. Um, yeah, I, I really don't have very much to say about it. That's it. it was fun. I was in the lunchroom. There was dancing. We got to see Britney dance. They, we saw their spanks because they did many spins in there the cheerio a lot of outfits. On display. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have much else to say. Right, so the uh, oh, I'm I was gonna say which do which email do you have open? Do you have open Gleecast? I do. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna forward an email that is not to be opened until I tell you to. Oh my god! Is it's it crazy, is right? this like the ring but with an email? Is this chain letter? Yes, Am I gonna it is. die by chain? You are. Like chain you're, gonna, you're gonna die. Nice. Um, right after we talk about 
Ding, I guess. Dong, which is dead. I don't know what the actual song, oh. name of that one is. I but think it's, it's the, I looked it up on Wikipedia because uh, Wikipedia lists all the songs that they do. Oh. Um, so it's I believe it's Ding Dong the Witch is Dead and it's it's sung by Barbara Streisand and Harold Arlen Arlene I don't know who that is. Should I know who that is? I don't know who that is. Okay. Um, Rachel was being very Barbara. Very Barbara. It was cute. I liked it. Yeah, it was adorable, but I don't know what. What they, who did they think they were going to blow away with that? The other people auditioning for Nada. I don't know. I I feel like they they blew their load by already doing the two Wicked songs. Like any right. either of those Wicked songs would have been so much more phenomenal than w- what they. I don't did. know, but I like that they didn't just do another Wicked song. I like that. No, you know, I didn't. Something different. It's, it's a ver- a song I'd never heard. I mean, obviously I've heard instead, but. So, I mean, I like that they, I like that this had a big variety of music, which is why I liked the songs in this episode. But for, but the song was fine. I enjoyed the song. It was a cute version. I'll probably, I'll listen to it again. They did a cute dance. But again, I keep saying cute. It was cute. It was cute. Mm -hmm. What, there was nothing, there was nothing amazing about it to blow away these competitors that they're supposed to be blowing away. I think it was a misuse of the song. But wasn't that also kind of their... In the end, they learned that. They learned that their cute little song was not going to be as good as what other people were doing. And maybe they needed that. But they've done other really good things. Like, I think it would have been far more effective if they had done something that we that we were like, oh, my God, that was so good. And then we get blown okay. away by this other number. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know. That's just how I feel. <laughs> now I could, I could gush and go on and on about the next song because it's <laughs> clearly my favorite thing. In- it was Blaine in a bow tie singing uh. Tom Jones. He's so cute. He is I adorable. I he, he 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 um converted Santana again. He did. And I mean, why would he not? He can convert anyone. I swear. I love him. Yeah. I just he, wanna... he's gonna convert Mercedes' boyfriend. I know it. <laughs> I just want it to be Blaine instead of Glee. Oh, wow. It could just be about Blaine every week. I'll watch him do his homework. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, I know some people have problems with Blaine. But I mean, I this this was the perfect song for him. It was him on this. I mean, those stairs are That's very like cool. the best set piece ever. Yeah, the best. Um, set and again, set they ever just, built. It's just waiting for we're back to school from Greece too. But anyway, um, this was just adorable. I thought. Or it's waiting for summer nights. From oh, oh God! I don't want them to do summer nights. Everybody do summer nights. Let's do back to school. <laughs> That's my vote. If it counts for anything. Brad, Ryan, and Ian. Hi, Ian. <laughs> hey, Ian. Wink. Hey. Hey. That's what that's what Emily just did. I did. It totally did. Um, or hey, hey, Zach. Yeah. Hey, Zach Woodley. I'm sure you're straight. What? He might be. He really might be. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Don't anyway, know. five <laughs> five billion stars for Blaine. Indeed, five, gold stars. Gold stars. Blaine, Blaine makes me happy. Yep. Um, speaking of gold stars, did you note during the next number, which Michael actually pointed out to me, Miss Lindsay, um, a.k.a. Harmony in this episode, mm-hmm. whom I love and I think she was cast perfectly for this. Yep. If, you know, oh, if she yeah. wasn't going to be a series regular, then this was perfect for her. Um, she was wearing Rachel's gold star necklace from season one. Oh, I did not notice that. I did not. Yep. I love it. Oh, you picked a winner, Erica. I know I did. 
That's amazing. <laughs> I I love this. I I mean, yeah, it was a mashup, which is great. Yeah, because hey, it's a mashup of Broadway show tunes, and it's a perfect. I mean, anything you can do, I can do better. It's like it's overused sometimes, but it was used really well here. I thought because it yep. totally is the point of this mashup. And I mean, she was fantastic, both both in the acting portion, because remember, we never actually saw them yeah. act on the Glee Project. Like, you know, she just came in as a, you know, an alternate Rachel Berry. And I thought she was great. I thought the staging of this was great. I loved the dancing. I loved the singing. I loved the arrangement. I had a lot of fun with it. And thank God for that bar mitzvah that they didn't strike Indeed. the set. Yeah. Oh, always. But bar mitzvahs come in handy. They do. Yeah. Um, and then our final number, which was fun uh-huh this is a, this a, the word fun i think defines you can't stop the beat it's yeah. one of those songs that no matter where i am when i hear that song i just smile because it's so catchy and happy and i mean uh, the hairspray isn't by any means my favorite musical or but it, or, <laughs> or harry spray as you have written on the notes <laughs> i did i typed these tiredly and i wrote <laughs> harry spray yeah harry spray um <laughs> Harry Spray is actually my favorite musical. So it's <laughs> I um I was I was briefly obsessed with Hairspray when the movie came out. I just loved it and I watched it all the time. And I watched all the extras on the DVD clearly. And oh, um, the, you're talking about the the new one. The, yeah. Because okay, I'm like, wait, didn't that movie come out in like 1985? Weren't you three? Okay. <laughs> no, I'm talking about yeah. the the musical. Good. We're referring to musicals. So I was okay. gonna make a point about a song, which I'll do right now. Um. And I remember watching all the extras, and they the the character the cast was talking about this song and how it was such torture to record that they called it "You Can't Stop to Breathe" because it was so fast and it was. You so can't stop to breathe. So it just made me think of that, and it made me okay. happy. Um, uh, do you know who was in the original cast of Hairspray? Ricky Lake. Oh no! Oh, wait, I mean, we're talking I'm about the way. musical. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Zach Efron. I don't know. No, someone on Glee. Oh, really? Who? Um, Matthew, Matthew Morrison. Morrison. <laughs> like, totally that was a stupid question on my part. <laughs> he, he played the role of Link as played by Zac oh, Efron. Oh, that's perfect. Indeed. Um, Although Matthew Morrison's supposedly kind of an asshole. Oh, really? Uh, apparently him and Jonah Hill have a feud. <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> I know. It was on, like, Entertainment, Entertainment Weekly had a little blurb about it today. And apparently Jonah Hill was on, like, uh, Leno last night and, like, just out of nowhere started talking about how him and Matthew Morrison have like beef with each other. And like, it's, it's really, it's serious. Like it's like Matthew Morrison said something about Jonah Hill. And then like Matthew Morrison, they were at a party where Matthew Morrison was talking to like, I don't know, Bono or someone. And like Jonah Hill walked over and could hear them talking about him. I don't know. But just... this is what it said in entertainmentweekly.com. And I found it almost as amusing as the, um, Glee Sesame Street parody because I just found that so random and That's weird. That's bizarre. Like, huh. why would those two ever have to cross paths? I have? don't know. Um, they both have curly hair. I'm sure I, that means well, going after yeah. the same role. They must have gone up for the same role. <laughs> Who knew? Um, so something really interesting happened during this song, which when we were watching it, Mike and I looked at each other and we were like, did you see that? <laughs> okay, was it, did I make the note about it? I may have made the note I before know. I sent it the outline to you. Did it involve our two favorite dancers in the Glee Club? Um, it involved one of them. Did, I don't know what you're talking about. Mike Chang got his arm stuck in his shirt, flashed us his abs, and then pointed to Britney's ass. No, no. Oh, because that happened. Oh, I will look for that. This is this is the point you where you can, shot. I loved it. This is the point where you can open your e- the email I sent. Oh, 
Okay. Because this okay. is what happened. It's a screen capture. Oh, no, wait. Did it not send? Um, oh, no, it didn't. Oh, crap. No. Wait. No. Okay, do it again. Do it okay. again. Vamp. Wait, vamp, vamp. So, yes, um, it's right about the point where um, after the first verse, when, like, Mike and Brittany come out and start to dance on themselves, Mike does this really cute move where he puts his arm in his shirt. And as a result, I saw he that stomach again. And it's amazing because he's got great abs, as Tina pointed out, on the season premiere of season two. Mookie just knocked something over. I hope it wasn't fragile. Um, and then at that point, um, he then does like a finishing move and ends in this position that's totally pointing at Brittany's ass. Interesting. Yeah. The email is sending again. I sent okay. it a different way. I see way, it. So. I see it. Okay. 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 Ah, yes! <laughs> I did see that. I was wondering and then I totally forgot about it. So um, I'm totally going to make that photograph the album artwork for this episode so if you've already downloaded this episode you've already seen the picture i sent of britney totally cross-eyed while singing with a kind of blowjob face too she's like she looks she looks absolutely ridiculous and i don't know who edited this episode and decided to keep that shot in it because i I understand crossing your like when when you're doing something like that like crossing your eyes maybe like being like oh it's a joke blah 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 crossing my eyes we're being goofy but it in it's so weirdly distracting. Like, you see She's that you're like singing. Like if they were doing, um, we got the funk maybe, but <laughs> it didn't quite fit. No, it was bizarre, and was I don't know weird. who the editor is and who decided to keep that in there. But they should lose their job. Yes, yes. If I was Heather Morris's agent, I would have that guy fired. It was probably Sam's dad, and he's gonna get fired from this job too, and then Sam will have to move somewhere else. Probably. Yeah. Um, so should we go into high points and low points? Sure thing. Um, I have a lot of random high points, such as the fact that there is a reference to beaches in the first, like, three minutes of the movie, where Kurt and um, Rachel are going to live like Barbara Hershey and Bette Midler in beaches, and I really immediately wanted to see that movie. <laughs> I want them to remake beaches with um, Chris Colfer and Leia Michelle. They should. It'd be a very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, I enjoyed the kiss that missed and people's comments, such as why is that T-Rex <laughs> eating the Jew? Yeah, that's funny. Um, the introduction of Finn Hudson as a mediocre quarterback and mediocre Glee Club member. Yes. Now, we didn't get much of Finn, and hopefully we, we won't have to yeah. get much of Finn. I don't need much of Finn. But I did like that acknowledgement of, and they've done it a lot with Finn with the dancing, but I like that it's coming more and more forefront of, why is this guy our leading man again? Yeah, no one yeah. knows. Um, I love that Lauren Zeises is the one that got away slowly. <laughs> oh, fat joke. Uh, the return of the mulleted hockey team. They were pretty great. Yep, yep, yep. Um, perhaps one of Sue Sylvester's most <laughs> offense, offensive lines when uh, Tina Cohen Chang and Mike Chang are playing <laughs> chopsticks and she refers to it as their country's national anthem, which took me a second to get. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that's really offensive. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I mean, Mike, 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 you know, Mike's Chinese. Tina is Korean. I don't know. Have they ever said? I don't know. Okay. I thought Jewish Korean apparently. Jewish Korean in real life apparently. Oh no, on the show. No, it's real life. And Auschwitz doesn't sound like a very name. Um, The 
I always love the weatherman and um, his wife. Yes. And they had a good throwaway line of when they're finishing up their new story. And all we know is that it was whatever just happened was making it the zoo's bloodiest weekend in six years. To which Ron Roddy, or whatever, his, I think I just named him Ron Roddy. That's the name of the dead guy in Price is Right. Um, <laughs> to which the weatherman... Uh, newsman, whatever he is, uh, made a great joke of, that's what I call pandemonium. And his delivery is great. I love that guy. Um, I heart that Brittany thinks she has pepperoni in her bra and it's her nipples. I think I missed that line. Did you really? It's right after the food fight. She's like, I have pepperoni in my bra. And Santana goes, that's your nipples. (laughs) I like that they've probably had that conversation before. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of food, Becky's issue with toast. That was pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Although it sounded a little bit like the writers taking one of Britney's yeah. lines and putting it in Becky's mouth. Yeah. That's a good I don't, point. I don't entirely buy it from Becky's character. Okay. But I, it was a good line. It was good writing. Fair I enough. just don't think it was the it, appropriate character. Right. I can see that. I can see that. Um, I, Beast is back finally. She's been uh, yeah. MIA for half of last season. I was really happy to see her. I was too. Um, she's, she's grown on me even without being on the show for whatever reason. I think I read an interview with the actress and I just really liked her. She's just great. She's a, yeah. she's a good character. Like she has great yeah. intentions and she's actually friends with Will. I think she's mm-hmm. the only friend that Will has. Yeah, that's so. true. And she's all just the like other... a comforting presence on the show. Yeah. Somehow. And she eats an entire roast chicken. And she eats chicken. an entire, the word I can't say, Rotisserie. chicken. Don't make me say it. Um, which she did last season, too. And yeah. I, I, I like that character work remaining intact. Um, the, the last thing I had as a high point, and it had nothing to do with the show whatsoever, but um, during the commercials, there was a commercial for the Muppet movie. <laughs> yes, there was. It'd be really excited. You'll frighten away some of our listeners. Be careful. I'm sorry. Oh, God. And I already... Is she going to be okay with the Sesame Street? I think she's okay with Sesame okay. Street. She's All okay right. with certain things. I think she's okay with Sesame Street. She's okay with Kermit. Okay. Um, I won't okay. mention the ones that scare her. I'll tell you off air. But okay. anyway, sure. um, do you have any low notes? Uh, the only one I had was that Rachel... I find it hard to believe that by now, at this point in life, on a day that Rachel knew she was going to be singing in front of the entire school who hate her... She would wear a white dress. Yeah, it's a little silly. Yeah. Um, I had I had a couple. Um, let me find them. Okay. I, I'm upset that Santana is on Team Sue. After everything she's been Fair through enough. with New Directions. Yeah. It, I'm upset that we didn't see any reason for why she's back there. Yeah, besides the fact that nothing. she has... I mean, she said we have the chance to win two nationals. Like, But that's it. Right. But there was no apology from Sue. There was no treat there was no like temptation there was just she's a cheerio again and i kind i didn't get that i just i yeah. wish there was something so that we would believe this happened um two two more things one is that and this one's totally petty but it really bothers me that in the opening will and emma scene will is on the left side of the bed and emma's on the right and in the following scene when emma's turned on by him she's on the left side and will is on the right and ah. that, People sleep on the same side of the bed. They don't switch Definitely. sides of the bed for no reason. And if you're one of those people that does that, please tell me and tell me why, because I've never, ever seen that happen. Um, and Lindsay, our, our should have been Glee winner, she always had hair problems on the show, on the Glee project. And 
I was like, why don't they like let someone blow dry her hair for her? Because she has like just really natty ends. Like they, they're just okay. not, I don't know. It really ticked me off on the Glee project, but I was like, whatever. They're probably making them do their own hair and makeup. Like they're not giving them hair and makeup people. And it usually looked kind of okay during the video shoots, but usually it was a little still messy and it bothered me. But I was like, all right, maybe they're not hiring the best hair and makeup people. But it still looked like that on the show. Can we not hire someone who knows what to do with her hair? Because it, the ends of it just looked ridiculous. She like needs she needs a trim. It really bothered me. Okay, I'm I'll, sorry. I'll let you go on that. No, I, <laughs> I have no opinion. I'm I got my haircut yesterday, and the woman's cutting my hair. She's like, "What do you want?" I'm like, "Well, I don't really like to touch my hair or do anything with it. So something that's low maintenance." Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it's just really bothering me. I like because my hair does it right now, and I know I need a trim because I have really bad split ends. So it just looks like she has really bit black, bad split ends. And like, has, it, does she just refuse to cut her hair? You should have been like, well, then you can't be on Glee if you won't cut your split ends, bitch. But all right, I'm done. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, man. We all got our thing. It's cool. Yes. Um, you have stray observations. I have one stray I observation. Do. Did you did you catch the name of the coffee shop? I did not. It's called the Lima Bean. <laughs> I like it. Yep, it's on their like it's it. on their cups when they're drinking. It's very cute, cute. Very cute. Yeah, as far as low notes, I just I didn't have any specific ones because I was I feel like this very much was like me waiting and watching the episode mm-hmm. in a way. Um so yeah, my stray observations, um, Mercedes new fat boyfriend. Um we'll you know, Ashley talks a lot about that in uh her feedback, so I feel like let's table that discussion for now. Okay. Um Puck is looking kinda long in the tooth, is he not? Did you notice that Matthew Morrison's hair was, like, super gray? Like, more gray than it was last season. Really? Yeah. I noticed it in one instant. Okay. I didn't catch that. It might I have been super high def. Is it, is it me? But doesn't Puck just look old? I, didn't, I don't know. I didn't pick up on that. But okay. I'm usually just fawning over him, so. Okay. I don't know. Sometimes his face looks old. Um, Brad had a haircut. Just going to point that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, do you think... I'm curious if they're going to follow through on this West Side Story thing. We'll see. Uh, is Lauren gone? Um, I think I think she'll be around. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, she, I think she's still in the school. I don't know. Right. She, well, we saw her in the in the first scene. Yeah. Her her dad didn't get a new job, as far as we know. But. Yeah, she's not, not. She's just not going the way of Hobo McBeeber, which is something right. else I wanted to say this episode. Oh yeah. Um. Okay, the West Side Story thing. I have to point this out because. Um, in time on this Glee cast, uh, some things have come up, such as the resemblance of both Finn Hudson and the actor who plays him to a certain uh, actor uh, known to some as Chris Klein. And fun fact about Chris Klein, Chris Klein was discovered, I believe, by Alexander Payne or his agent. Whoever it was, the, the way Chris Klein got the audition for election was that somebody of note saw him in a production of West Side Story. <laughs> uh, I imagined playing Tony, as I'm imagining Finn is supposed to be kind of taking the role of, which seems to make sense. But uh, So I just kind of had to point that out. Once again, we have a Chris Klein, Finn Hudson, time space continuum thing going on. Of course we do. And then the last observation I had, um, at first I thought it was kind of an, an easy joke, but then when I thought back to what it meant to me, I found it amusing. Which was um, when they went to the Niada mixer, there was a sign, obviously, for Niada meeting. And then another arrow for, did you catch it? I did not. Okay. And then the other arrow pointed to the gun show. 
Oh, yes, I did. Yeah, which, you know, it's kind of funny. Uh, but, you know, whatever. They're Ohio. They're guns. But then I remembered when I first went to Whorehound in Cincinnati last year, um, sure enough, the hotel across from ours had a gun and knife show. <laughs> so I, it just made me think, think of Ohio, I guess. It's a very Ohio thing, apparently. Indeed. Appar- I mean, you know, our Ohio listeners, I'm sure, can vouch for that. They probably all own, like, shotguns and hunting knives and stars of China that you can throw at someone and slice their neck. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so that, I think, is all I got for the episode. Yeah. Oh, and apparently Sue has hepatitis. I feel like she said that before, didn't she? Has she? I, I don't know. That. I think that's, that's, uh, that's consistent. Okay. Okay. We have some feedback. We do. Um, should we go right into it? Take a break? Um, bleh, I don't know. Let's, um, let's save me some editing and jump right into it. Okay. Would we you... Have, um, from Ashley, Wayne, and Nigel. Want to go... Is is Wayne super long as per it's, usual? It's super long. Okay, then I'll read Ashley and then... Okay. Okay. That usually happens off air. Woohoo, behind the curtain. Um, yeah, I have trouble reading. That's why I don't read Wayne's emails. <laughs> I love you, Wayne. I just... <laughs> stumble over my own words as a parent by this episode. I now. never learned to read. <laughs> I can't read. No, yeah, Emily's actually whispering everything to me. Oh, yeah. And I, I talk really it. fast in case people haven't noticed. So I'm yep. able to whisper really fast. Okay. So this is from Ashley. She heard, the subject is, well, purple is my favorite color. I will shamelessly admit my delight that Glee is back in full swing. Maybe because I missed the snot-inducing one-liners. Maybe because I don't have class Tuesday <laughs> nights this semester. Sure. What? Snort-inducing. Oh, snort. Sorry. See, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt, but I really like the idea of anything that's snot-inducing. I thought it was a little weird, but I just... Like, I like the idea of somebody like, <laughs> I don't know, like, yeah, you know, that that Dane Cook is really snot-inducing. <laughs> but, like, literally, like, every time you see him, you find, like, you have to blow your nose. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. I apologize, Ashley. I'll try again. Um, maybe because I don't have class Tuesday nights this semester. Whatever the case, it's hard to believe we're just beginning season three. I'm starting to wonder what wonder whether these breaks during the year aren't meant to screw with the audience audience's perception of how much glee there's actually been on television. Either way, I'm entertained. So on to a few observations. Who is that lump in a football jersey Mercedes is settling for? Ooh. Who? <laughs> what? Oh, I just said ooh. Oh. Who? What made Ryan Murphy think this was acceptable? Amber Riley better be thinking, really, this is the best you could do? You give me a potato sack that can barely enunciate? I say good day. She, she should drop her glittered mic and exit stage left. This is completely unacceptable, and I'm not amused. Actually, me and a few friends had a summer summit about our disdain for the new de- this new development with Mercedes. We're on a brink of declaring war on Murphy. I think a lot of people are on a brink of declaring well, war on Murphy. Yes. Emily and I will be leading the siege. Um, continuing, purple pianos, I really wanted to see them go the extra mile and do some prints. Oh, that would have been great. Mm. But that would have been too obvious. Haven't they learned from the other times they've attempted to recruit in similar fashion how it always falls through? And then Sue goes ahead and ruins one of them. The pianos, I still remain... What? The pianos, the pianos... I still remain not a fan of her unreasonable tantrums, and I hope she's paying for the piano's repairs. Um, so, Quinn's pulling a Lauren Hill. 
I snicker at my evil. Lauren Hilling is now a verb. Once uh-huh. a woman has exhausted all her energy and identity surrounding a guy and possible perfect life with said guy and loses it all, she does a complete physical makeover and withdraws to the margins, hoping to pick up the pieces of her shattered ego and once again redo an image she now stands sternly by as the real her. Wow, Blaine at McKinley. I'll probably get slushied for this, but I could take him or leave him. Slushy. Oh, slushied. And that girl, and that's the girl from the Glee Project, right? Why does she look paler? She's <laughs> forgetting how obnoxious I found her. I could forgive her her performance. That's my list because that's all I care to remember. Next week's preview fill me with hope because it looks like it has a lot, as if it has layers. I like layers. Peace and hair grease until next episode, ladies. Ashley. Now, as far as um, you know, she agrees with us about the boyfriend. Yes. I really want to know why they went that direction. Maybe it'll be revealed. And it's not like, I don't know. Because the thing is, he is just a big black guy. Yeah, there's nothing else to his character. Like, I have to wonder, would they have cast a white guy? Would they have cast a not overweight guy? Like, it's it's just a really odd decision i feel especially because the football team is like the majority of their slushing like and yeah. he's on the football, football team. team and we've never seen or heard about him before and last season remember we found out that there was only one other black guy in school and he was good looking and his de- oh yeah that guy yeah well, the, and there's also a, to her. there's azizmo the- too or azizimo or whatever <laughs> his name is yeah i can't say his name that guy the guy, the shouty guy who's always shouting. Yeah, Mike was like, "Is that is that Karofsky's friend?" I was like, "No." <laughs> if so, he's been eating a lot of Karofsky. <laughs> he's a different large black man. <laughs> he's just he's like Karofsky's friend times nine. He's I know. Gigantic. He's bigger. He's and very big. I mean, I just I want them to give me a reason to to follow this, and hey, I will accept it. And. I, uh, you know, they pulled through with Puck and Lauren. They ended up having a really good relationship and an interesting relationship and something that I thought was handled really well. Maybe they'll do that now, but right now looking at it, it's like they were like, we need a black guy for Mercedes. And they just picked up the first resume that came in. Look at you on the show. All right, dude. We'll cast you. You, you have a leftover McKinley High jersey in your, your shirt, side. <laughs> You're it, kid. Go pick up some kid from the cafeteria. I don't know. So we'll see. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you. Um, you can find more of her new things at Buried in a Book Crypt. Crypt.blogspot.com. It's contagious, my anti-talking disease. Yeah, thanks for that. Sorry. Yeah. All right, now the one, the only Wayne Kotke, who's head, head I can't talk now either, <laughs> who, um, titles his email, Little Miss Quinn with a safety pin. Dear Evelyn and Agatha, Punk Quinn. Punk Quinn. Punk Quinn. Punk Quinn. Punk's win. Sorry, I kind of vapor locked for a second there, thinking about Diana of Aragon's delightful new look. I realize Quinn Goes Bad is a storyline the show can't possibly stick with, so I'm enjoying this look while I still can. But let's get this party started, huh? The Purple, Pe- the Purple People Piano Eater Project kicked <laughs> off season three with 
let's say a bang. It was light and funny, and there were some good musical numbers, and there were kinds of setting up storylines for the rest of the season. The episode had a lot to accomplish, and I think it succeeded at getting most of it done. Most of the jokes landed. I liked the songs quite a bit. This felt very season one-ish to me, almost self-consciously so. It's way too early to start talking about character arcs or long-term plot lines at this point in the season, so I'm just going to dive into random observations. I'm going to interrupt for a second. I have one last... Um, one last stray observation. Diana of Aragon's look was very reminiscent of um, Rayanne from My So-Called Life for me. The, but like, it wasn't genuine enough. The like half top with the long skirt though, that felt very yeah, Rayanne. But it still felt like she probably got that from Urban Outfitters. Yeah, no, I'm sure. You know? so. Yeah, like, even like her hair being messy, but it was clearly gelled messily. Yeah. It's like one of those, y- you can't really make someone look skanky if you still have a makeup person doing the makeup. But yeah, that was one. <clears throat> Wayne continues. I was a big advocate of Blaine Academy. I mean, Dalton Academy and the Warblers. I'm going to miss having that as a regular part of the show. I guess I thought it was kind of cool that Kurt and Blaine had their own show within a show for a while. I enjoyed the chance to get away from McKinley for a while. Well, now the transformation is complete. Blaine is a new directioner like Kurt. Somehow, the character seems a tiny bit less special now that they're both lumped in with the show's other main characters in Glee Club. At Dalton, Kurt and Blaine were the unquestioned focus of their scenes. At McKinley, they're just two more kids angling for the limelight. Ah, well. Their scenes in this episode were among the highlights, and Blaine truly brought the awesome during It's Not Unusual. And as soon as I heard the first few notes, I wondered, is he going to do the Carlton dance? The answer turned out to be, sort of, yes. His own fabulous version of the Carlton dance. Oh, God, yes. God, yes. It struck me last night, and not for the first time, that McKinley is a real shithole. What a cesspool of humanity. In 99% of the faculty and staff are just awful. I hate to think of dear, sweet Blaine in a place like that. Both as a teacher and as a student, I've been in plenty of schools that were not exactly warm, nurturing environments. But McKinley tops them all. Of course, Emily wouldn't know anything about this, because as I recall, she attended high school in the very old land of Oz, where you could get up at 12 and start to work at 1, take an hour for lunch, and then at 2, you're done. Jolly good fun. <laughs> Just because I didn't get beat up for playing badminton and being in band and being a theater geek and being a nerd does not mean I didn't have to wake up early, go to school, and stay on campus for lunch. Thank you. Oh, my. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. Tim got it talking. I'm sorry. Make it work. I had Project Runway on pause once we started, and I forgot that eventually when you have something on pause on the DVR, it will just keep – it will just play again. So Andre. Um, this time it was about – Anthony Ryan, a.k.a. Miles from Show Show. Anyway, um, for those of our listeners who are Show Show listeners, and you should be a Show Show listener, um, Erica and I are convinced that the character of Anthony Ryan on Project Runway... Character? He, he's well, a real person. Said, Come on, they're all characters. The guy, the... Um, the no, no, the, the, the character with who, had to, who has one testicle um, and is colorblind is the gay version of Miles from Show Show. Yes. Trust us. Trust us. Even though okay. we've never met Miles, it's okay. No, but we will at Whorehound. Everybody should yes. come to Whorehound. It's coming up soon. Okay. Uh, Wayne continues. Meanwhile, Finn still exists. Ugh. He came off as such a fucking tool in this episode. Just a useless appendage of the series. So he has no plans after high school? I don't care. Get a job at your stepdad's garage and shut up about it. Are he and Rachel still a couple? Yes. They seem kind of chummy. Yeah, I guess so. If not lovey-dovey. But ultimately, this is another big I don't care for me. Rachel has had some good and great moments in this episode, and tellingly, they had nothing to do with Finn. Good point, Wayne. You see them kind of canoodling in the... In the... They do canoodle, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know that thing Kurt and Rachel went to? <laughs> 
I was a little fuzzy as to who these kids were and what this event was supposed to be. I'm sure Emma explained all this, but I was lost in those giant goo-goo eyes of hers and missed it. Was this a mixer? Was this an audition? Are these all Ohio kids trying to get into that New York school? Ding, ding, ding. Why? No, but he keeps going. I know, I know. Why would they have a big number prepared since the only audience was Kurt and Rachel? And they didn't know in advance that those two were going to be there. They've just been working on it. Was this a rehearsal or something? Why were there no adults there? Say, representatives from that school. And most importantly, why were Kurt and Rachel so intimidated by this cornball performance? Don't get me wrong. I dug the hell out of the scene. It was very meta, i.e. glee poking fun at its own over-the-top theatricality. Filling the room with grotesque parodies of Kurt and Rachel was another funny idea I liked a lot. And yes, it ended with Glee's one millionth pep talk in the car. With I do have a lot of those. Yeah. With Kurt telling Rachel to in her face. In the rain. Yeah, always, that she's more ambitious than, and ta- than talented, and Rachel somehow not taking that as an insult. <laughs> By the way, those theater kids did some dance moves I've only seen, ever seen Bugs Bunny. <laughs> that is a very good point about, like, there being no college representatives there. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't an audition. It, it was a mixer to meet other kids who were auditioning. Oh, okay. That's, I mean, it was basically all yeses up until the, it, it, it was a mixer, it, it was not an audition. Okay. Um, these are all Ohio kids trying to get into the New York school. Yes. Um, they didn't have a big number of pre- prepared per se. They had just been working on it. They just enjoy hanging out and practicing songs together. Apparently. Um, they didn't know Kurt and Rachel were coming. They were just excited to show someone new the number they've been working on. Um, it wasn't really a rehearsal. They just liked to hang out and talk to each other. And there were no adults there because it, it was, it wasn't, necessarily i don't know that it necessarily had anything to do with the school it was just kids who wanted to try out for the school you're on a roll could you also explain the rules of cricket to me no i can't do that damn okay uh wayne continues as much as i love the return of sue's corner i have to ask if sue is a candidate for public office how on earth is she able to keep her job as commentator on the global news are there laws in ohio i ask because i live in illinois and there are barely laws here in politics, you have to fuck up big time to get into trouble, which makes Rod Blagojevich all the more impressive. <laughs> um, it's a good point because generally if you are running for office, you can't – your airtime has to be the same, can't like go over a certain amount. And the reason I know this was because when Arnold Schwarzenegger was running for governor, Conan was only allowed to use like 10-second clips of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. And so he would randomly show scenes from Kindergarten Cop, and that made me happy. Oh, side note, Conan is going to be back in New York October 31st to the 1st. And you can enter for tickets by going to teamcoco.com slash NYC tickets and put in for the lottery if you were so interested in going. It's October 31st to... November 4th? What did I say? You said the 1st. I'm like, oh. well, that's a very quick trip. The, 30, the 31st, 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th. I see. She's doing a Halloween show here then, I see. Maybe just first, second, third. It's only Monday through Thursday because he doesn't record it. He doesn't air on Fridays. He's doing an All Saints Day show then. <sighs> yes, I entered for tickets to that. I see. Wayne, continue. Anyway, <laughs> just because you brought up Conan, I thought I I'd see, share that with I you. See. In case you wanted to go. <laughs> hey, not like I've ever gone on a tangent. Um, okay, that's how Lauren exits our lives with one shrug and some half-hearted fart jokes. Screw you. Fat jokes, not fart jokes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you corrected my snot comment. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, yeah, okay. <laughs> fat, I mean, fat. It's like 10.30 at night. Let's, let's, 
I'm going to be 30 soon. <laughs> Keep moving forward. This is nine hours past my bedtime. <laughs> what a great season opener we are. Uh, Wayne continues. This is like the 45 minute email. <laughs> this is this well, is like one of Ed's so emails. <laughs> it, just in the fact that it's taking us so long to read it. It, it's yeah no it's it's our fault i except for us it is it's not it's not okay we just have a lot to say about it I, we do i and you don't understand how much i'm not saying about it because i can go into so many of these things in more detail um like i just mentioned kindergarten cop i didn't go into kindergarten <laughs> cop you don't know how hard okay. that is for me Okay, the purple pianos were a stupid and ultimately meaningless gimmick which added virtually nothing to the show. For some reason, the writers still think they have to have some hook to tie each episode together. And this week, it was those damn pianos. Every second devoted to those pianos was a second they could have spent doing something useful, like thinking of something interesting for Puck to do. Yeah, he was shafted. So, Sugar Moda is the Mata, Sugar Mata. Is there a recurring character here? She certainly took the time to explain her gimmick, a uh, condition, to the camera slowly and carefully so that no one could possibly miss it. I think she did it repeatedly. I wouldn't mind seeing her again. She could replace Jacob. Sorry, dude who plays Jacob, but I'm kind of over your character. I still like evil Becky, though, and the anchor team of Rod Remington and Andrea Carmichael is always welcome in my living room. Andrea intentionally stepping on Rod's lines was one of the highlights of the show. Has Santana been gasped? Delezified. Sue made a double entendre about Santana playing for both teams. Har, har, har. And there was no hint of romantic affection between her and Brittany. They were just really good pals again. Like Bert and Ernie. That said, both Heather Morris and Naya Rivera tore it up on We Got the Beat. Whatever they're being paid, it's not enough. This episode has way more <laughs> cheerleader upskirt shots than I was expecting, which was zero. All hell! There was... that. <laughs> yes, indeed. There was a lot of those. Because last year there were not nearly as many because our main characters were not curious. They're making up for lost time here. All hail the return of Coach Beast. Not much screen time, but effective in a small scene. And wasn't it nice of Glee to usher in the Will-Emma romance in the least painful way possible, i.e. with them already a couple? This could have been so much worse. Unanswered question. Is it possible that they have not yet had sex? Can that please not be a plot line? Please. Yeah, no, they totally haven't had sex. Yeah, I took that as like. Yeah, yeah. Um, he tells Sue that they have, and Figgins that they yeah. haven't had sex. I get the green light, but then the red light comes just as quickly. Yeah, and which is totally a conversation you have with a coworker you don't really like and your boss, right? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Oh, as usual, there are probably a few dozen more things I could say about this episode, but I think the bottom line is that it wasn't a disaster. It wasn't an embarrassment. It didn't piss me off too much. There was more, there were some entertaining musical numbers and good jokes along the way. I'm happy for now. Yours in harmony, Wayne Kotke, who you can find at d2writes.blogspot.com. You know, all this time that Wayne Kotke has been writing to us and he signs his emails WK and it took me until now to realize it's like, oh, that's my dad's initials. Wayne Kotke, are you really my dad? Is this really my dad writing in under a pseudonym and a big false persona on the internet and in podcasts so that I don't know? Mind blown. Doubtful, but... Mind blown away. Forever. <laughs> okay, we have one more email. It is from Nigel. Who I bullied into send having him... Because I was on Twitter 
And I, and he said like, I'll send you an email later in three hours. I'm like, we're recording in one. Um, <laughs> and so he sent one and you'll see where he sent it from. It says, hello, Eric and Emily. It's his subject is extremely quick notes on whatever this episode was called. Hello, Sorry. Eric and Emily. I'm quickly typing this while I'm working. Don't tell anyone. And therefore can't provide the level of depth and insight with which you two are both accustomed from me. See, I'm so rushed that I don't even know if that sentence was particularly well constructed. Boo. Anyway, this week's episode. Didn't care for it. Didn't care for it at all. Okay, that's it. Have a great week. Regards, Nigel. And he just leaves us hanging like that. I know. Don't leave us hanging. I mean, I, the only other person I've known who really didn't like this episode um, was the writer from the AV Club. And it really pissed because I like the AV Club's TV recaps. I've been reading a lot of the older shows over the summer and everything else. But the one, the writer for this one gave this episode a D plus, which even if you're not, I don't know, even if you don't like the show or whatever, like this was not a D plus episode. Not when he gave the Britney Spears episode a D. Like, yeah, and Oh, no, I think he gave it an F. Like, it, it just was, come on. Like, and he, at one point in this writer's review, he even had this line of, like, you know, I'll be covering Glee most of the season, but every once in a while, this other guy's going to fill in. This, oh, by the way, he likes Glee, but not in that kind of way. Like, something really snide, and it just brought me back to what Wayne wrote the last time on our last show about these things they hate and how, like, you know, it's cool to hate Glee, so if you like Glee, then, oh, something's wrong with you. So, like, even the AV club is getting in on that, and that pissed me off. But Nigel, why didn't you like the show? I'd like to know. We would like to know. Please tell us. Please do. I mean, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate yeah. it. I'm just, I, I thought it was I'm, a strong opening for setting up what could be a good season. I'm just looking forward for more. I know. More. I mean, the big writing, everything like I'd read about this episode sort of leading up to season three was the whole like, we're going to get back to why people like season one. Like, that's been the main thing. It's like going back to season one, going back to season one. Sort of like what they did with Buffy with season seven. Season seven of Buffy, it was all like season one, just like that. And I did get that vibe from this episode. Like, they were trying to go that way. I hope they stay that way, but do something new. I don't know. We'll see. What'll happen? Tune in next week to your new episode of GleeCast. Because if I stay too long looking at Nigel's email, I'll start talking about America's Next Top Model and how it's pissing me off. So I don't want to do that. (laughs) Go eat a hot dog. You'll be fine. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> My own designer hot dog. Yes. Um, anyway, you can find us on Twitter. I Oh, my Twitter name changed. It's um, Eric is Nitz. I kind of remember that now. <laughs> yeah. Emily I keeps tweet tweeting so me at my old name, which doesn't do anything until people are like, you know, that's not her name anymore. <laughs> um, it's Eric is, that's plural, Nitz. Um, that's, that's it. Emily's is. Deadly Dolls. Uh, you can find my website at knitsasmallworld.com. Go buy a monster. You can find mine at deadlydollshouse.com. Go read a review about a movie about killer hair extensions. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, we will be at Rock and Shock in Worcester, Massachusetts next uh, next month. In like we, three and a half weeks. Yeah, October something. October 15th and 16th we'll be there. We um, know Ashley is coming. Ashley is coming. I'm excited. I'm excited to meet her. Yeah, if you're anywhere in the Boston, Worcester, Massachusetts, New England area, come on down. Come hang with us. Um, and then in November, November 12th, 13th. Uh, 11th, 12th, and 13th, we will be at Horrorhound Weekend Cincinnati. And splitting our time between Horrorhound and the gun show. Yes, of course. 
Yeah. Is there anything else? I think that's oh, and uh, visit us at Palaver. What? Yep. Palaver.com. P-A-L-A-V-R.com. Why should they go to Palaver? Because there's forums there and you can talk to us and our really cool friends. Yeah. And you can have really good discussions about anything you want with cool people. All the cool kids are doing it. So you should too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hope you enjoy this week of life and we will talk to you next week of life. Woohoo. Catch you later. What? Bye. <laughs>